Hello, everybody. Welcome to this college football podcast here on Trainwreck Sports. It is the Not Here to Play School pod. Jake Micah, joined by my brother, Alex Micah. And we're back for our second week. We're on camera. Our beautiful faces are here. Yes. We're here to remind the people why we're here. Let's remind the people. We did not come here to play football. Or we did come here to play football. We, we ain't come to play school. Yeah. Classes are pointless. All cash. pointless. And th- this this man is a prophet. That is from quite a while ago, as you can see from that Twitter uh, logo and just everything about it. Now, we want to give Cardell the success story every time. He did go back once he said we ain't came here to play school. Uh, yeah, so he did go back and graduate, but it was after legendary NFL career, legendary XFL career. So we're honoring the legend as always because we're not here to play school. And honestly, no one's here to play school anymore in college football. And yeah, we're here to talk just some college football all year long. We love college football. So week two slate was pretty fun. It was a good day. It was, it was a good time. So what were your, what was, I mean, we have to start, obviously, Tuscaloosa, Texas, Alabama, Texas wins that game. Um pretty handily honestly i mean the score was probably closer than how the game felt the whole time especially when you take into account the quarterback play of both teams but yeah we watched it together what were your what just what were your general feelings watching the game uh is is texas back question mark that's what i'm leaving it as it's i mean an impressive win over a top three team coming on the road and doing that it's kind of showing, though, the biggest thing that we can take away from last year and this year with Texas winning those these two games, or lost last year but win this, their defense looks great, and that's what they're going to need to have when they're competing in the SEC next year. And this was just another showcase of that. Is Texas defense is legit under Sark. He's been recruiting super well, and then the offense is putting it together. Quinn Ewers played a pretty much perfect game, 24-38, over 300 yards, three touchdown passes, and he didn't take any sacks. So that's huge. What they don't have, though, is the run game. And obviously that's because they lost B. John Robinson into the NFL draft this past year. They got to figure that out, I think, over the long term of the season. But, I mean, you beat Alabama. You go to Tuscaloosa, you beat Bama. It's the biggest loss Saban's had at home in his career. That's crazy. How is it, that crazy? 
Uh, how is it crazy? I don't know because Saban just different. How did that happen? That is crazy. How did that happen though? Like, how is that the biggest? How is that the biggest? It's the biggest, like the double because it's double digits. He never had a double digit loss at Tuscaloosa, and Texas came in and lit up, lit it up, man. They did light it up. I mean, let's talk about it from the flip side for Bama quick. I know we're we're light we're starting here on the Big Twelve. We go through each conference. We'll talk about the biggest story there. We're starting with Texas, but. Let's touch on Alabama because they've got a tougher schedule than Texas, I feel like, the rest of the way. And like we said, starts really next week, Ole Miss, they have a big game. But Milrow just didn't look – I think he can get better through the year. But as a passer, he's definitely um, – the nicest way to put it is just a tier below the way the quarterbacks they've been used to for the last couple of years. For sure. I mean, the last – I mean, what you you go back, it's – I mean, Jalen Hurts to Tua to Mac Jones – to Bryce Young, you have four Heisman finalists in there, and one of them a winner. And now to come in and you try to fill That's those a tough two, thing to live up to, yeah, yeah, it's very very hard to live up to the successful run that they've been on with quarterback play. Not in like he's obviously gifted. Like a couple of those throws he made were great, and he's fast, and he's got a he's a good frame and good size, but he's very raw still. And that's I think what the biggest thing we saw. And that oh, I think the whole Bam, Bama team is raw in general. Usually you have like a defensive stud that's lighting it up. That's what they thought Dallas Turner would be this year, and he's really not doing too much. And Kool-Aid McKinstry is a solid corner, but he's not playing the level that they thought either. Great A name, obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah. Top tier college football name already, but he's got to he's got to get the play to back it up a little bit. Yeah, it's it's an interesting for Bam. Saw them dominate early on in Saban's tenure with teams that were going to dominate defensively had, I mean, five-star talent across the board defensively as well, obviously don't get me wrong, but they never had the quarterback was just, just there to kind of move it along and AJ McCarron and Greg McElroy, those types. And then they, you know, start recruiting and start wanting to run these high powered offenses. Cause you have a Tua and even hurts. I mean, was still, it was more of a running team, but they wanted to, you could see the explosiveness they wanted to start getting to, which is why they were frustrated with Hertz and turned to Tua anyways. And then it really started a run of just excellence at the quarterback, but also the wide receiver position. They I mean, yeah. it was crazy there too. So why not use these guys? And now it feels like, you know, Milrow's strength is, is his mobility and it's, it's his strength, but it's also not the. It's also the fact that his arm is kind of a weakness at this point. Like he, they, it's not a strength of his game, at least against, you know, a team that might be a contender this year. But at the very least, it's at their level of Texas, and he did not answer the bell in that first game. But let's talk more about Texas because they have Wyoming this week. Next week they they Taylor. Um, the biggest game obviously left then they they really get into earnest um big 12 play with baylor but the biggest game left on the schedule is obviously oklahoma there's going to be some interesting matchups along the way do you think this is a team that is at the very least with the way the rest of the big 12 looks um poised to make a big 12 title game for the first time in a very long time in the, in the new format because that feels like it that feels like where like the minimum, the bar has yeah. to be made. I, I think for sure that's that's the that's the floor is a Big Twelve title game appearance, and then their ceiling is college football playoff appearance. There, or you, I guess you could even say national title. I was gonna say a, ta- a natty too. Yeah, maybe? national title is there. I guess yeah. you could say national title is their ceiling. I think 
right now the way I mean right now the way they're playing they if, I mean they definitely could make the make the playoff. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma's going to be the hardest. The thing in the Big 12, I think they're the most put-together team in the Big 12 right now. I think their offense and defense is the most well-rounded. What we've seen out of Oklahoma is, yeah, they have a, a really solid offense, but they haven't played, you know, stringent competition yet. So does, we, we haven't really seen the test of Oklahoma on paper against somebody big yet. Um, we got that week two right away with Texas when they go to Tuscaloosa. That, so, I mean, obviously they're, they were already the preseason favorites, but I think they've kind of cemented themselves now. And even if they somehow lose Oklahoma um, October 7th in the Red River, the way that Big 12 set up, they could end up – it's a rematch in the Big 12 title game anyways. That's true. And that would be insane if we – if they're last year in the Big 12, we get two of them. That's – I mean, that's the – and that's the last – last time Texas made a Big 12 title game was Sam Ellinger back in 2018. They beat Kyler. And yep. then Big 12 title game, Kyler got his revenge and then made the playoffs. Yeah, so it's. I mean, it's happened before, but you know, it's it's fun. It's most. It's the Big Twelve is the most entertaining conference in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, besides the Pac twelve right now at this point, right? Because the Pac twelve is just dominating this competition. It's very early, obviously, and that that could change. But yeah, the Big Twelve, the group of teams, even next year, which when we talk about the switching and everything, the Big Twelve is going to be really interesting. But for the time being. Yeah, there's a lot of unknowns in there. There's a lot of unknowns in there. Teams who are going to rise up and fall. So we're going to be we're going to be following along Big Twelve and every other major conference. So let's uh, let's move on to the Big Ten, where we got to talk about our boy, the Golden Boy, Ruler. <laughs> but also just the fact it's something we talked about on set. There really wasn't a lot of Big Ten action going on. Wisconsin losing, I guess, might be the biggest news, um, losing to Washington State, but maybe not because it's just. Hey, we, I mean, we called it. We, I mean, we did, we but it's, it. it's, it's a team that, you know, like they're, they've brought in a lot of new guys, it's a new coach, all that stuff. And Washington state's a, like a damn good team, but we did call that we were on that um, in a lot of different ways, but yeah, with that's might be one of the bigger stories of just the loss we're on Brian Ferentz watch. So he's, he's at 20, he didn't score. They only scored, uh, I don't remember what they scored, but they're down to 22 points a game, I believe. Um, it's a tough, it's a tough it is tough. It is tough, but we have to talk about Drew Allaire because it feels like all the conversation around the Big Ten, you know, just revolves around Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan this year. And so far... I think at least like the general consensus is that the reason Penn State's ceiling might be higher than both these teams is just because the quarterback position is he's just like Alaire is just so much more advanced than I think even the most optimistic Drew Alaire Penn State fans were thinking he's just been efficient he's been uh, to steal a word from Peyton Manning as I love to say surgical because he really has like he hasn't missed anything you know Franklin talked about before the season he didn't throw a pick like two or three weeks into camp and you're like oh man like is he just blowing smoke or whatever but Franklin's not a guy to blow smoke ever really either uh-huh. so the fact that he let that out was like oh okay like this kid might be good and then you see all three teams play inferior competition and Penn State wins 63 to 7 and Ohio State and Michigan just don't – they don't live up to that. And that's the seal. I feel like Penn State might have the highest ceiling. That doesn't mean that they can go in and win both these games. These are still two good teams. But 
you know, we're watching obviously from a closer eye for Penn State, but seeing these Michigan and Ohio State matchups too, and it just Drew is just a level ahead of these guys, maybe in two levels ahead of Kyle McCord, but at least a level ahead of JJ McCarthy. So I'm, I'm not ready to say he's ahead of McCarthy yet because I think McCarthy's just got the experience right now, and his rec- and his like record as a starter, which obviously that's you know wins lost starting quarterback at their team stat, but he's been impressive. And this season, I mean, they have, like they played ECU and they played UNLV. Yeah, so their was- first real game, man. Michigan's schedule. Are you ready for this? Because this, it's they're not getting tested ever until Penn State, really. They have this game against Bowling Green coming up, host Rutgers for Jim Harbaugh's return game, to Nebraska, at Minnesota, okay. home to Indiana, right. at Michigan State. Well, listen, that that game you never. I know, know. but I'm but we let's just Michigan State. In turmoil, to say the least. Yeah, they're they're eight and zero right now. Home to Purdue, right? And then at Penn State, eleven o'clock on November eleventh. Yeah, big. That'll be big noon. Big noon kickoff. Big eleven a.m. kickoff. Um. So yeah. So give me your give me your thoughts on give me your thoughts on McCord so far too. McCord is. I mean, he's come. He came in as he was either he might have been a five. I know he was a four for sure. For sure, star quarterback coming in. Supposed to be the next guy in this run of great Ohio State quarterbacks that they've had. Speaking of Bama's, Ohio State's been on the same kind of tear. He just hasn't looked good. I mean, week one, he looked like a deer in headlights playing against Indiana. He didn't know what was going on. He did not. I mean, he threw for like 200 yards, but a very low completion percentage. Didn't have any touchdowns. Had an interception. And then this past week, playing Youngstown State, they were 44-point uh, favorites, and they won by 20. Obviously, it was still a blowout, but they did not. They didn't cover against an FCS team. He looked better, and he got named officially as the going-head starter. Um, Ryan Day did it this week. He's he's going forward. He's the guy. But outside of a couple nice passes to Marvin Harrison, one of which it was like a 20-yard pass, Marvin Harrison Jr. took it 50 extra yards for the touchdown. And then he did have a nice like drop in the end zone to him like from 40 yards out. He's still not very put together. He's not He's not put together that way that Drew was playing. And they both have the same level of experience. Drew is just, by far, just looks more comfortable to him. McCarthy, like I was saying, he just seems, he's very put together right now. And they've been playing inferior talent. It's interesting to see what happens when they start playing uh, some Big Ten defenses. But we got to keep, we'll keep on looking at that. Drew, though, just seems locked in. Like nothing phases him at all, no matter who they're playing. He lit it up week one on primetime against West Virginia, threw for 300 yards, offense player of the week. And then they didn't even have him do too much against Delaware because they didn't really have to. But he still picked up a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown, threw for like 180 yards, great completion percentage. He 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 just seems ready, and that's this week against Illinois. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. His first time against a Big Ten team, like starting, so that'll be fun to see. It's gonna be a fun weekend uh, for the Big Ten. Let's move on to the ACC and talk about that crazy game UNC and App State. Should we take? Should we be concerned with your boys? 
No, not at all. Because I knew I knew that game was gonna be super close. It was super close the year before. That was the one where it was, I don't remember the exact score, but it was like fifty-five to like fifty-one or something. App State always does this. They're App State is the perfect team that they'll run through the Sun Belt on any given year, and they're gonna give a crazy scare to a Power Five team. I mean, they did it when they beat Michigan, Michigan back in 07, like the biggest upset of all time. And then last year they beat Texas A&M. They went to, um, they went to college station and beat them. So I'm not, no, I'm not surprised by that. UNC still pulled it out. They were obviously solid Um, going to overtime, you know, whatever it's the defense still looks decent enough. And Drake may still looks pretty put together. So I, th- I still think that they're going to be competing in ACC. And I have them a lot higher ranked than a lot than the AP does and a lot of other teams. I have UNC close to the top 10. But. Yeah, I, don't, I, I see why people probably took them down in that position. Um, it, like took them out of a, or maybe dropped them in this week's rankings. But like you said, App State is just a solid team. Um, they have – they've got – um, they've just they've just got a history of you know performing well against Power Five teams. So yeah, not too worried about that. What they, about Miami though? App State always shows oh, up. That's, that's what you got to remember. App State always shows up. Miami. That was a game that we didn't. I mean, I didn't watch too closely, but I mean, Cristobal. They both. I mean, the state of Miami going back to Schellenberger. You know, he's Cristobal is recruiting really well, and they kind of seem like they're putting together a little bit. Tyler Van Dyke. That's the best game he's played in his college career. And he, he proved why uh, he's the starter there at a big school. Being, A&M, being a ranked A&M team, that's, that's solid. That's impressive. That's what you need to do to try to get Miami back in the swing of things. Texas and Miami with big wins on the same weekend. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just – who's more back? If we had to do the back meter of uh, – uh, stealing from pardon my take, they have their famous back meter. Are we uh, all Texas the way? Is, Texas is more back. Texas, Texas is more back. All the way back or like 70% back? I don't want to say that. Uh, they're, no, they're like 80% back. Miami, what about I, Miami? Miami's like 60% back. A&M could be five and seven this year. That's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, you could say 50% back. I don't know. It's still a ranked win. Um, ACC adjacent Notre Dame beating NC State after a hurricane delay, but they offense again. Looks look good. Sam Hartman's looking good again. They snuck that over for us. We were we were we were sweating it for a minute, and then Notre Dame was like, "Nah, we got this. Don't worry." So Notre Dame, uh, they're a week away from the biggest game of the year for them. This is not. This is AC. Like you said, they're they're on ACC. We're gonna just throw them in the ACC conversation probably every week because we gotta talk about them somewhere. But next next week they play Ohio State, and right now they look like. They could, you know, mollywop yeah. Ohio State. <laughs> so they look like they'll roll. But... I mean, Ohio State's defense is performing better than their offense, but the way that offense for Notre Dame is with Hartman and his just record-setting run, he's trying to break every single college football record at this point because he's 26 years old. Uh, that they're gonna roll. And then the ice. You're saying the biggest game is Ohio State. Their biggest game, I think, is USC. That's going to be a real test. And that's – I mean, them against Ohio State is probably going to be a top-10 matchup. Them against USC is going to be a, definitely a top-10 matchup too. That's fair. Um, and that's the bigger rivalry game and everything too. But, I, I yeah, they, they've got that, – that's probably the bigger game on the schedule, but they got to get past this one at home, if they, especially to make the playoff. I mean, if they're going to be a playoff team, which I think that they're – if they keep winning like this. 
it, they're going to be considered. Those are two huge see. wins, though. If they get USC and Ohio, I mean, depending it's on what true. Ohio State it's ends true. up at this point, too, because I'm not trying to just be a hater. I just if Kyle McCord, if that's what he's going to be all year, they're not they're not going to beat Michigan State, Penn or Michigan, Penn State, and Notre Dame, and they could get caught by somebody else too if he play if he's going to play that inefficiently. Um, back to and you know they're gonna. I don't think that's going to happen to be honest, but. It's just, you know, Notre Dame has a chance to make a statement next week and they would, you know, they'd get a big bump and everybody would be like, well, they have that win over Ohio State. They That's a big opportunity for them, especially yeah, for Marcus Ohio Freeman. State did, Ohio State slid this week, though, again. They for the did. second week in a row, they've slid in the rankings. So, that, I mean, TV people are looking and seeing this team is not the same Ohio State team we've seen in years previous. Well, I think it's also part of because Penn State is starting to, they're, they're just like the whole, I know Penn State's movement isn't there, but it's just the gap that has been there is not just not there this year. I, we've watched them both enough. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not being a homer. I just feel like they're, it's all closed this no, year. It's, it's let, very close. It's the closest it's been since like 2016, 17. Definitely. Let's go to the sec. Now we talked about Bama a little bit earlier um, on, but we're, I don't know if a concern, I'm not really concerned. I think they lost to a good team. Um, but I mean, everything's on the table with that division, especially that Ole Miss game next week. Not as obviously that both teams, hopefully they don't get caught on a look ahead, but Ole Miss, big win against Tulane, um, high scoring affair there. And we talked about AM and get a little bit too. Just <laughs> being yeah. uh, so, so what's the biggest story out of the out of the SEC for you? Uh out of the SEC, I think it's it I mean it's always Bama is still the biggest story right now. Yeah. But even last year they had those they had two losses and then I mean eleven and two winning the cotton bowl. And I that's Still, I mean, they could still win 11 games this year, win the SEC. It's it's highly possible. Ole Miss escapes that game against Tulane at Tulane. If Michael Pratt was playing, I don't know if they escaped that game. That's that's true. They their defense is not good. Jackson Dart looked ready a little bit, but I don't know. Them and Bama next week is going to be interesting. I mean, Kiffin has been searching for that signature win for a while now. And if he can get that win over Bama, even if it's a Bama in a slightly down year, that's going to be a lot of momentum for him. AM, AM is always going to be a fraud. They're not <laughs> every this year at least they weren't like ranked fifth in the country or whatever and then get upset by a group of five team. But still, even as soon as they hop in the rankings, they lose to an unranked team. They just can't put it together. They can recruit really well, but then Jimbo Fisher can't get a cohesive team together. They might win nine games or eight games. But that's not a success in the SEC, and that's not a success for college football when you need to make the playoff. You need to be perfect. The way they've gone the last couple of years, they're not even going to make the expanded playoff next year. So I don't think we can call them frauds because they're just this is how, who they are. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly who they should be. They are who they are. Right Jimbo, now. Jimbo might be the fraud. Yeah, he. I mean, yeah. Miracle, miracle year. Florida State had a Heisman winning quarterback, won the Natty, the goat what's quarterback. He what's he done since? It's been tough, and they, he's got a lot of money. That, like once, he, once you saw that deal, once it was signed, you're like, man, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Like, what is happening here? You know. Um. So it's it's tough for it's tough in that division too to get traction, which makes it interesting when you when we're talking about you know. Texas and Oklahoma come joining next year. It's yeah, it's only it's, getting it's gonna be hard to get traction. It's just yeah, gonna be it's hard only getting to get harder. traction. The thing is, they've been able to recruit well these last few years, 
but they're going to start missing out on even more recruits because now Texas and the SEC, those kids growing up in Texas are going to be like, yeah, I'll play for the SEC, but I'm going to play for Texas. I'm not going to play for A&M. That's going to be – that's, yeah. That was what I'm getting with A&M. It's just their recruiting base is gone for the SEC yeah. because those kids are going to either Texas or Oklahoma. Like, yeah. that's where Oklahoma – most of their kids are Texas kids too. Like they're, I they're mean, Texas is – I mean, there's crazy amount of talent in Texas for those schools to get, but it's – you you want it, most of those kids are like yeah I want to play in Texas so yeah it's definitely gotten more difficult all right let's get to the Pac-12 the best conference in football evidently um, not just for fun they've been beating up on the competition you look at last week Power Five wins Colorado beating Nebraska Washington State we talked about earlier beating Wisconsin Utah on the road at Baylor Oregon on the road at Texas Tech all solid wins for all these programs in spots where they've lost in the past couple of years and gotten and hurt themselves and just they're setting themselves apart. They might cannibalize themselves again this year because that it's just, there's a lot of damn good football teams. I really don't know how it's going to kind of work itself out, but this week, the spotlight is that obviously back in Boulder game days, there, big noons back there for some reason. I think uh, someone made yeah, the joke. Been going back here two weeks in a row seems a little excessive. Johnson living in Boulder, like, does he have like a little side house to John's place? Like, just they're just hanging out all the time. I, well, Gus, Gus Shots is calling the Penn State game in Champaign. I think he's flying back out. He's he's got to be there. <laughs> they got to they got to get him on the sideline or but something. He's so are we getting Fowler and Herb Street then for ten thirty a Boulder? No, Fowler and Herb Street are doing Tennessee, Florida. Mm, I don't like that. I feel so like I'm not. I'm not sure game. who's. Um, here you vamp. I'll look up who's co- who's calling that game quick. Yeah, please. Uh, five hundred six sports will have all the yeah, all the things yeah. for you. And Tennessee, Florida will be a good game this week. I'm not. I'm pretty happy about that one. But yeah, Colorado for one thing. Colorado State. There's been some spice. Dion. I don't know why people are giving Dion more ammo more than anything. It doesn't make sense. The dude. I guess you want to try to poke the bear sometimes, but man, Washington travels to Michigan State this week. We talked about them being kind of in a, in flux, but last week it was it was a good week. There's not as many big games this week. The, the spotlight on Colorado, but they start getting into conference games next week. Next week, our preview is going to be have this is going to have to be mostly a preview show. I feel like unless there's absolute chaos, because we got yeah. Colorado, Oregon, UCLA, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. Um, all happening. The pack two, the pack two, the pack as you two said, are back, baby. The last two. Uh, so who's, who's calling the game? I need to know. Uh, Mark, Bill? No, Mark Jones, okay. Lu- Lewis Riddick, and Quint Kessinich. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, Mark Jones, I don't know how I feel about him as a college football commentator. I, I think it's because Colorado State is not a very good team. Um, and it's, it's a, a that's that's the night skate that's the night yeah. squad. Usually that was RG RG three used to be I think with Mark Jones yeah. too, wasn't he? And now he's with Tom Luganville. So yeah, which good question. What RG what game is RG three doing? I don't even know. RG three, he's got to be. I don't know what he's doing. He's probably the three thirty ABC. Yeah, he is. He's doing. Oh, he's been. Oh, Alabama, South Florida. So he's he's doing Bama's bounce back game. Yeah. That's all. Okay. He is. <laughs> But, okay, but yeah, we got big. We got Gus for Big Noon. The Pac-12 is the best conference in football. All eyes are going to be on Boulder this weekend I, again. Except I'm not saying Utah deserves to be in that ranking. Utah, <laughs> Utah. I mean, they what 24 to 11 against Florida at Florida this year. That's a that's a solid win. Those teams split in their home and home series that they had these last two years. That's a that's a decent win. But a Florida team that's kind of down. 
Then last week they had a comeback uh, against Baylor, and Baylor is not good. Baylor's a very bad football team who was 0-2. They got blown out by Texas State. So I'm not impressed by Utah. They, they're they missing Cam Rising bad. They need to get him back, I think. And oh, 100%. Yeah. Try to figure that out. But right now, Utah Utah is a paper tiger, I think. As soon as they get into actual play, they're going to get lit up. That defense still gave uh, – that defense, it was – they're still going to give teams problems, though. They gave Baylor a lot of problems. Not that Baylor, you know, looked good the week before either. That's the thing. Like, they, yeah. they gave they gave a, a bad team problems. I don't I don't know. I don't know if that's effective enough. Yeah. Well, let's finish up here, as with the Mac. We have to Toledo. I got to start with Toledo first, though, because they won seventy-one to three. They've <laughs> they, you know, had the game against Illinois. Is Toledo Once just going to go 12 and 0 this year? Two yeah. points, and yeah, it was the last second. It was a late field goal or whatever it was. This team might just be nasty, and they and they were they were projected before the season to you know be a mat contender and everything, but they are whew, they're running away with that right now. 70, 70 points on anybody is uh is no, a tough that's just to do. that's you're getting in the end zone a lot. I mean, it's it's hard to get up there unless you're playing a really bad team or you're really good. Or a combination of both. And I think Toledo is just really good. They that the quarterback Daquan Finn, 16 of 17, 232 yards and uh three touchdowns. The backup came in eight for eleven, ninety yards, two touchdowns. And then they just had uh they had guys running all over the place. It was just it was yeah, it's just a beat down. Texas Southern. Um this week, this week they're hosting San Jose State. Very interesting matchup. Uh, San Jose okay. State just wants to take on the MAC this year, or no? Um, they did not. Yeah, so that's a weird game for them to be traveling to Toledo. But hey, I'm with it. You, you I'm gonna be locking in the Toledo San Jose State. Schedules Saturday. were made so far in advance. Probably some GM <laughs> or some AD knew the other AD and he was like, "Yeah, we'll play each other." I, I like it. The the worst thing to come out of the MAC last week was UB losing to Fordham, and this is yeah. the second year in a row that UB has lost to an FCS team at home. They lost to Holy Cross last year on a Hail Mary. And then years, this year for them, they just – I mean, it wasn't like a – it was a high-scoring game, but they just can't hold out apparently against any of these FCS teams. Um, they had 15,000 people at UB, which is good for them. I assume that number is going to be probably half that. after they Yeah, lost. Not, <laughs> at least it was a fun game, though. You know, they it wasn't like they got blown oh, yeah, high out. It was a close game. Yeah, defense has some has some things to work out. Uh, Fordham's quarterback was CJ Montez, was twenty three of thirty six and had five touchdowns, three hundred nine yards. Like he was cooking, but also the twenty of one oh six for their running back too. Like they were just the defense was letting up. Begs. Begs the question: How did they hold Wisconsin to third? To they held Wisconsin. That's to the thing. Right? That's the thing. Like they it, maybe it's a letdown scenario where they thought they they felt good about their game against Wisconsin, thought they'd you know walk over Fordham and Fordham. You know Fordham's two and one right now. They're not they're not a bum team. They're only their losses to Albany. So just <laughs> maybe Albany is really the State University of New York the I, team I that should be. Uh, yeah. Should be there, but hey, I'm not, and I'll let you go in on. I don't really have a, I just need to put them on here. Flashes. 
I don't have to go on about anything. I, I'm that's why I, I love Colorado because my boy Sean Lewis is out there. <laughs> that's what I'm more excited about. Kent's defense is gonna be they've looked pretty good the last two weeks, though. I'm encouraged by it's like a complete 180 from their teams the last couple of years with Sean Lewis. The defense looks really solid. Kent grit is what they've been going with, and they do look like, especially in the trenches, like they've been solid at stopping the run. They were bothering Jefferson in that game offensively yet they're just they haven't figured it out yet and they don't have a lot of talent they lost 11 starters offensively yeah so it's it's gonna be a it's okay, gonna be a got, and when you boys dante cephas we get to see him uh, play for penn state every week so that's nice it's not as nice but they're also <laughs> they also played at ucf at arkansas so the offense it's it's gonna be hard for the offense to do a lot of things against those teams they host central connecticut state this week in the home opener and I feel like the offense will hopefully score some I, points. I did not know Central Connecticut State had a, a football team until last week when we saw when we looked ahead. Oh, who, who does Kent play next? Kent Kent's played them. This is like the second time in like six years they played Central Connecticut State well, too. That's their get back game. Hey, listen, maybe Central Connecticut State. They are one and one. They okay. beat American International forty-four to nothing week one, and then lost last week in a heartbreaker to Stonehill, thirty-three to thirty. They, they they came back though. They were down. Oh wow. They were down six. They were down 23 to seven going into the fourth quarter and put up 23 in the fourth quarter, storm back, and then lost uh lost late, it looks like to, to what, what conference are they in? The North Eastern or the New England Conference or the North oh, Eastern, I think okay. it's one of those, okay. whatever the NEC. Yeah. Oh Not wait, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are. Not great. Not, not great. <laughs> so all I'm saying is Kent State better win that game. Maybe they'll get right. And then Kent goes to Fresno State, where they're going to get beat one more time before starting back play. They might. You never know. I'm not holding out hope for it. Let's remember why we're here. We're not here to play school. Not here to play school. We're here to play some games. Week three preview quick. Um, what's your biggest game that you're looking forward to? Oh, that's tough. Uh, not, not, and I mean like just big picture. Just big picture. I'm, I'm intrigued a lot by South Carolina, Georgia. Um, okay. cause it's Georgia's first real test of the year. South Carolina, um, one and one, they had that game against UNC where it was really close for the first half and they kind of lost away from them. But I think that's because UNC is good. South Carolina, um, last year pulled off a couple big upsets. So it's always possible with them. And I think it's just going to be interesting to see Georgia playing against an SEC team that's not, you know, that's a little bit of a higher caliber SEC team. I mean, they went eight and four last year. So that's, that's the game I'm, I'm looking forward to. I, I believe that's 330 CBS. Maybe yeah, not CBS. That, yeah. No, it is CBS. Is it CBS? Right. Yep. Right. CBS still has SEC this year. That's so right. So we're yeah. still good there. Uh, I'll, I'm going with Tennessee and Florida. Well, you're a, big Tennessee, later you're a big Tennessee guy. Big Tennessee. I I will. I won't be. I can only choose one SEC team, and there's another Orange T team coming in. They will take precedence. So this is my last year of Tennessee. I love Tennessee, Florida as a rivalry, though. It's a really fun game. The third Saturday in in September. Uh, not as famous as the third Saturday in October, as you saw. I almost said that one instead. This is really called the third Saturday in September, too. They just Tennessee was just like, we got nothing. We're just gonna play games on these days. And we will say that every time. So good for them. They like that's, a routine. That's, that's some of the best part. The best part of college football is some of the rivalry game. So we should, that was uh, also 
now that you just brought that up, that was a segment we were supposed to do. Each week was a weird rivalry thing when the games are happening. So what is a what's a fun Colorado Colorado State thing we could do here? Quick. Um. There's got to be what is there? I know they've isn't it? They've got a boring name for their rivalry and everything. It's not. Like, is it the Rumble in the Rockies? There's one that's like. Oh, maybe it is. That's not too boring. Let me look. There's there's like a Rumble in the Rockies, but that's oh like, the Rocky Mountain Showdown. There that's, we go. Yeah. That's, the Rocky Mountain Showdown. The winner of the game receives the Centennial Cup. So this this is this is this Colorado Colorado State. They began in 1893, played annually from 1899 to 1958, except for 1901, 1905, and 1943 and 44. I'm just reading off the Wikipedia page at this point. Um, <laughs> revived Colorado leads 67-22 and two in the series. The largest victory was in 1894. Uh, when Colorado won 67 to nothing. So I don't think they're going to do that. Their last meeting was 2019. Colorado won 52 to 31. So basically Colorado is going to just destroy Colorado. Most most likely. That's what I got. Colorado on a five-game win streak. Yeah. they're Not much of a showdown. And it's in Boulder too. If it wasn't in Boulder, I'd feel more inclined to be like, ah, maybe, you know, rivals get it. But nah. Yeah, not great. Buff fast. But you know, Colorado State hasn't won in Boulder since 09. So maybe it's their year. 14 so. years. I think we're getting 3-0 and Colorado heading to Eugene. And then we're going to find out a lot about that team. Uh, I assume that might be game day. Ah, it, it's also Notre Dame-Ohio State, though. Yeah. But I don't, yeah. I, they're yeah, at game, yes, but they're at game day this week, I feel like, because they're gonna go. They already they're going to Notre Dame, man. They're not they're not missing Notre Dame, Ohio State. Going to South Bend, yeah. Unless they uh, well, no, because the whiteout game is CBS or Peacock, right? One of those two. It's, I think it's Peacock. No, it's CBS. NBC. Is it CBS? It's CBS. Yeah. So Notre, Notre Dame, Ohio State is NBC. Oh, that's right, because it's a Notre Dame home game. Yeah. Mm. So, so game day, yeah, maybe game day does. Maybe they're just like, fuck it, we're going to we're going to Autzen. I could yeah. oh man, Pat Pat Mackey will not be happy if he has to go do that show out in Eugene at like 8 a.m. or whatever it is. But and he could, you know, he could figure it he's out. getting money, yeah. That's part of the yeah, that's part of the job. You get tomorrow, to hey, you fly tomorrow. the jet out to watch a great college football game. I'm sorry you have to do it. <laughs> you know? Tomorrow, something that is not interesting for college football reasons at all but as we wrap up the podcast on the pat mcafee show the rock will be live Dwayne the rock johnson on the, on the eve of friday night smackdown or in the waking hours and after the endeavor deal is done i'm just saying i'm just you know pat's gonna ask him about uh about some stuff who's the, who's the real tribal chief that yeah, he's gotta ask. Pat, Pat, Pat always throws it in there. So you know, the rock, who knows what the rock's gonna be up to tomorrow? But it's uh it's gonna be a fun weekend in Boulder, fun weekend of college football. But as we've said so many times, we didn't come here to play school. But this is you but listen, also graduate. That's why I put this up here. But yeah, start out. We're not here. It's all about football. All day, every day, and you know these kids probably aren't graduating more times at this point. They're getting their bags right now. Yeah. Shout out Dion, 
for 50 new players. <laughs> sure, yeah, he didn't create NIL. <laughs> he's, he's, he see, it seems like he did, apparently, according to everybody else. And because just because we're talking, we're talking about Boulder and everything else. We're giving we're giving Dion too much credit for some stuff now. We gotta, we gotta stop. No, every, he doesn't get credit for nil, but he's he's a, definitely a poster boy of not here to play school right in the moment. That's what I'm more getting That's, at. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know who's you know who's a poster for that right now? We'll throw it in quick. Cal, Saban. No, Cal and Stanford oh, making yeah. their making those kids are gonna have to travel cross country every other week. The, Poor the Cal, and and not even like it's like it's Cal and Stanford. That's yeah. the worst All part. These, like, engineers, those these kids on the football team who are engineers got to do their work on, on a flight Damn. to be terrible. All Damn. all for the glory of the ACC. All for the yeah. I mean, just to be uh, a forgotten member of the ACC when Florida State, Clemson, and Miami all go to the SEC in two years. AC might be a fun day. We'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get there. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. Peace. Oh, maybe not. There we go.